أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن أحسنتم أحسنتم لأنفسكم وإن أسأتم فلها فإذا جاء وعد الآخرة ليسوءوا وجوهكم ليسوءوا وجوهكم وليدخلوا المسجد كما دخلوه أول مرة وليتبروا ما علوا تتبيرا عسى ربكم أن يرحمكم وإن عدتم عدنا عسى ربكم أن يرحمكم وإن عدتم عدنا وجعلنا جهنم للكافرين حصيرا إن هذا القرآن يهدي للتي أقوم دعاءه 
الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم انا نحن نزلنا الذكر وانا له لحافظون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اشراف امتي حملة القران واصحاب الليل او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram hafiz ikram brothers and elders first and foremost humble request that is filling the gaps that might be in front of us 
so together inshallah it was the mashwara of the ulama ikram here that this little booklet that was published from the madrasa the talk should be based on this so inshallah we will basically not necessarily read through this but just go through some of the topics that are covered in here so first let us fill in the gaps inshallah is coming forward plain all the gaps Time or the other, all of us have seen somebody perhaps walking on some red carpet somewhere. You might have seen somebody being ushered through the VIP lounge at some maybe airport or something. We were standing there waiting for our turn to go through all the procedures, and suddenly we see this one entourage of somebody coming and going through the VIP lounge. And like that, in many, many cases sometimes we see somebody maybe going with a blue light brigade somewhere and have to just give way because now somebody is being escorted by this blue light brigade so all these things sometimes strike some kind of awe in us maybe maybe some envy perhaps that that person seems to be having some royal treatment VIP treatment he is getting this first class treatment apparently but all these vip treatments and first class treatments and blue light brigades of dunya what really does it give to anybody what status and position can it ever give anybody in reality position and status is that which allah taala gives the position and status of dunya so how often somebody the dunya made him the king one day the next day they dropped him down one day they made him the president the next day they made him a jail uh, uh, put him in prison and all kinds of things happen in dunya the position and status of dunya is not what the paper is written on really it's just a very very feeble thing temporary thing position and status is that which allah taala gives and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam declared that who has allah taala afforded this position and status to among the people that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has given such great position to <coughs> nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have said in one hadith sharif ashrafu ummati hamalatul quran wa ashabul lail ashrafu ummati the vips of my ummah the noble people of my ummah dunya everybody has to pass one day out of this dunya nobody is going to remain here forever and the akhirat is the place of eternity the real place of red carpet treatment so to say and vip lounge treatment if a person gained it in the akhirat he gained it in the qabr gained it on the day of qiyamah that is something in reality that's worth mentioning worth aspiring for worth making an effort for who has that been afforded to Nabi Islam says that the noble people of my ummah the VIPs of my ummah are hamalatul Quran those who bear the Quran Sharif in their bosom in their chest those who have absorbed the Quran Sharif in their hearts so the dunya might regard somebody else as a VIP the dunya might regard somebody else as a first class passenger the dunya might regard somebody else as a person of position and status but in the court of Allah Taala that doesn't count anyway what counts is that which allah taala has given position to and in this hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says they are the people who bear the quran sharif hamalatul quran and together with that wa ashabul lail and then those who together with this bearing this quran sharif they keep this quran sharif alive and part of keeping it alive they spend a part of their nights reciting this quran sharif in front of allah taala This is a very very great blessing and bounty of Allah tabaraka wa taala in one hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that inna lillahi ahlina minan nas Allah taala has some 
Ahlin literally means family members. So family members, Allah Ta'ala has no partner. Allah Ta'ala is totally independent. He has no partner whatsoever to attribute any partner to Allah Ta'ala is shirk. So Allah Ta'ala is unique in his being, in his attributes. There is nobody like him. Laysa ka mislihi shay. But in this hadith sharif, Nabi Salaam says, Inna lillahi ahlina minan nas. The Sahaba were astounded. That who are these family members of Allah Ta'ala? Nabi Salaam said, Ahlul Qur'an. The people of the Qur'an Sharif, whom Ahlullahi wa khassatuh. They are the family of Allah Ta'ala, obviously, figuratively speaking. Family members are very close. This is what he's being referred to. They are the family of Allah Ta'ala and his special servants. MashaAllah, this is a gathering of Hufaz of the Qur'an Sharif, whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed with this great wealth of the Qur'an Sharif in their hearts. And this is a very, very big na'mat and favor of Allah Ta'ala, that this entire Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala made it possible for somebody to memorize it by heart it. Somebody might say, it took me three years, somebody says four years. The reality is, if it took somebody 40 years to, that too is still a miracle. If it took somebody 50 years to, it's still a miracle. Let alone somebody memorizing it in two years and three years and four years. It's a complete mojiza of the Quran Sharif. وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ Allah Ta'ala says we made it easy. لِلذِّكْرِ One of the meanings is for the memorization. So this happens by selection. This is not an ordinary thing. This is not something that happens by anybody's election. That hundred people got together and elected somebody to become a Hafiz. Or people decided, okay, that person must become a Hafiz, so he'll become a Hafiz. No, this is by Allah Ta'ala's selection. So this is a very, very great favor of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala afforded somebody this great honor that Allah Ta'ala chose his heart to make it the means of the protection of the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala's selection. It's not anybody's achievement, it's not anybody's doing of his sort, of any sort, it's not anybody's some goodness of his own, Allah Ta'ala's gift. So, when such a great bounty has been blessed to somebody, it is obvious that on the one hand, this is something to be appreciated. And what is the appreciation? Everything is appreciated according to what how it should be appreciated. If somebody give, gave us a gift, what gift he gave us? So he gave us, mashallah, one nice scarf. People were on Eid, mashallah, other times. Beautiful scarf. He went for Umrah or something. He came with a nice, beautiful scarf and came. He gave us hadiyah. So now that next, when our Ramadan is coming, then it's Eid. So the person took it, kept it nicely, or he kept it nicely, then Eid day we wore it. And that person happened to see us. What goes through his heart? Subhanallah. This person gave such appreciation to my gift. He kept it aside for Eid. He feels really good about it. This person really showed appreciation to the gift I gave him. He wore it properly and wore it on Eid day also. But supposing he passed by, we just passed by our house somewhere and he sees that same scarf he gave us as Hadiyah. What are we doing? Wiping the windscreen with it nicely. And worse still, maybe shining the wheels. Using what? Using that scarf. He brought all the way from Umrah and came. So what does he decide there and there? This is the last person to give anything to. I selected him for this gift. But this is the way he treated the gift. So while on the one hand, this Quran Sharif also is a very great na'mat and bounty of Allah Ta'ala. It is purely His gift. Not our achievement in any way. But our appreciation of the Quran Sharif now is of vital importance. How are we going to appreciate the Quran Sharif? And how are we going to appreciate it? So the appreciation of the Quran Sharif, there are various hukuk and rights of the Quran Sharif. This is an entire discussion on its own. But just very briefly, one is the Iman on the Qur'an Sharif. Alhamdulillah, we all have Iman. That's why we're sitting in the house of Allah Ta'ala. 
but complete yaqeen in the Quran Sharif. And when reciting the Quran Sharif, to recite it with this yaqeen also. That this Quran Sharif is everything. It will make my dunya, make my akhirat. For people like us, the example of the Quran Sharif can be just understood for the sake of an understanding. Otherwise these examples can't do any justice in any way. It's a very, very... It doesn't do any justice to one fraction of... One, one minute fraction also. But one is somebody is stuck somewhere. And now you get someone coming in, some tow truck coming and pulling him out. So just for our understanding, we are all stuck in whatever. But if we truly cling on to the Quran Sharif, it will serve that purpose of drawing us out. There are many mashayikh who used to make people's islah and tarbiya purely on the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. They would prescribe tilawat of the Quran Sharif in abundance and in a particular tartib. And that would be the primary aspect. So for us, it's on that level. But for those servants of Allah Ta'ala who have come out of that, from that quicksand of sin and vice, and from all the filth and muck, they are way above that. For them, the Quran Sharif is like the jet fuel. That they are forever, with the, by means of the recitation of the Quran Sharif, they are soaring at ever greater heights. That is why we find that all the Ahlullah, without exception, you'll find a very, very big part of their lives was in Qur'an Sharif. Right from the Sahaba Ikram, down to this day. Sahaba Ikram, how many people, how many Sahaba, it was their ma'mul and their practice, one khatam daily. How many, many of them generally was one khatam every seven days. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Ubay bin Ka'ab radiallahu ta'ala an, many other Sahaba. And throughout the ages, this, has, this was the jet fuel that they had that took them to ever-soaring heights. So one is this yaqeen, iman bil Qur'an in this sense. Then the azmat of the Qur'an Sharif. Whether it is a person now about to step on the musalla to perform the taraweeh salah, whether it is somebody sitting in front of the Qur'an Sharif to learn his sabak for the day, whether somebody going to be now reciting his door to his ustad, but there is somebody just making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif on his own. But on all these occasions, something that generally is lacking is to bring to heart and mind the azmat of the Qur'an Sharif. That what am I about to start reciting? We go on reciting, Alhamdulillah, that too is great. The fact that the tongue is engaged in the recitation of Qur'an Sharif, that too is a tremendously great na'mat. That tongue, Allah Ta'ala has saved it from so many other things and engaged it in tilawat, that too is a very great na'mat. But unfortunately, often we don't stop and pause to first bring to heart and mind that istihzar, that consciousness of the azmat of the Qur'an Sharif. What am I about to start reciting? I'm about to start reciting the kalam of Rabbul Alameen. I'm about to start reciting the word of Allah Ta'ala, which Allah Ta'ala made the, only the greatest of all the angels, the medium to bring it and reveal it on the heart of the greatest of all creation, Rasulullah That kalam I'm about to start reciting. To stop and first just ponder over this. Even it might be a few seconds, but to bring this azmat of the Quran Sharif in the heart. That this is not just an ordinary book. It's not just something to recite for the sake of just some pastime or for the sake of, well, to now just recite because I've been told to recite. No, this is the kalam of Allah wa ta'ala. So whether we are listening to the recitation of the Quran Sharif, whether we are reciting the Quran Sharif, to recite with this in mind and to bring this to heart, azmat of the Quran Sharif. Then together with that, amal bil Quran. This is the gift of the Qur'an Sharif and this is all part of the appreciation of the Qur'an Sharif. Practicing on the Qur'an Sharif. One very great personality, Usman Khiri Rahmatullah he says, I inquired from one very great muhaddis of his time, Muhammad ibn Fadl Rahmatullah He was an ustad of the great imams of hadith, Yahya bin Ma'in, Rahimahullah, etc. They were his students. He says, I inquired from him that what is the signs of 
shakawat that a person has been deprived a person has lost out how does one make out that in order to stay away from this there's a whole idea behind it that to recognize the symptoms and get oneself out if it applies so Muhammad ibn Fadl rahimahullah now these people are people who have in-depth knowledge and they are talking they are summarizing the lessons of the Quran Sharif lessons of the Ahadith so what he described was that yurzaqul ilm wala yurzaqul amal that a person he has the knowledge he's been granted the knowledge but he got deprived of amal there's no amal in his life this is shakawat this is great deprivation he says otherwise sometimes wa yurzaqul amal wa yuhramul ikhlas he might be granted amal sometimes he's making amal also but the ikhlas is not there the sincerity is not there that the purpose now the motivation the objective becomes something else it's not the pleasure of allah tabarak wa ta'ala so before stepping on that musalla these are things to now remind ourselves on who am i going to read for i'm reciting for allah ta'ala whether i'm reciting alone or reciting in front of the biggest gathering i have to recite for that one allah only not for anybody else and this amal obviously not only this is not something that is only in ramadan in ramadan out of ramadan any time of the year this amal he says a person now who has ilm who has amal who has ikhlas in that amal so now this person is out of that category of being deprived so this amal bil quran and then together with amal bil quran then the aspect of tablighul quran conveying the quran sharif the message of the quran sharif so these are all among the various hukuk and rights of the quran sharif which is showing appreciation to this great gift of allah tabarak wa taala nevertheless to take it further that this is such a great bounty of allah taala that let alone the hafiz himself we have heard these virtues many many times that the parents of the hafiz that because they were the parents the person who became a hafiz of the quran sharif on the day of qiyamah that parent will be granted such a crown which will outshine the sun if the sun was in the house of somebody how bright it would be that crown will be brighter than this in another hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions another virtue of that hafiz that he will take 10 people to jannat who were destined for jahannam but in both these ahadith where this virtue is mentioned there's a very very important aspect in the one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says man qara al quran wa amila bima fi the person who learns the quran sharif and he acts according to it the hadith sharif also has the same condition the person who bahaded the quran sharif memorized it and then lived as a bearer of the quran sharif he lived his life according to what the quran sharif wants of him then such a person he will get this great honor he'll take 10 people to jannat who are going towards jahannam it might be his parent allah forbid it might be some family member some cousin whoever on that day everybody will recognize the honor of this hafiz maybe sometimes in dunya some people mock that person what you are wasting your time nauzubillah you should be doing something else unfortunately these kind of things happen also on the day of qiyamah people will recognize what is the value of that hafiz when he will be taking 10 people towards jannat who were destined for jahannam and those parents will get that crown when that hafiz made amal when he lived according to the quran sharif so this is a complete it's a joint effort the effort of that hafiz also to remain firm on deen effort of the parents effort of the family to keep him firm on deen so that everybody gets his benefit on the day of qiyamah and everybody gains this great honor on the day of qiyamah so this is the other aspect that this is a very great honor very great uh, maqam and status from allah tabarak wa taala but this requires also that a person should remain firm on the quran sharif live his life according to the quran sharif and then this will become the means of this great honor on the day of qiyamah then coming further 
as we mentioned that the Quran Sharif is a great gift, great bounty. Come the month of Ramadan, here too, though the real position and status will only be seen in the Akhirat. But come the month of Ramadan, this too becomes an occasion where Allah Ta'ala makes it visible and makes it apparent to one and all that it is that Hafiz of the Quran Sharif that gets that special honor. Behind in that first saf then might be filled with all kinds of people of all walks of life. Somebody might be some professional person in some field and somebody might be a professor in another field and somebody might be something in another field. But that young Hafiz will come and lead the Salah and all will be behind him. Because he has the Quran Sharif. So his honor will become apparent. But that honor comes with responsibility as well. That honor comes with responsibility. Leading the Salah, whether it is in a big masjid, whether it is in some small musalla somewhere, whether somebody now, because mashallah, there are so many khufas, previously the numbers were very, very small, we're talking about previously, in maybe 35, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, they used to bring khufas from far away to perform taraweeh. And that too, not every masjid would manage to do it. And often it was all the way from Cape Town. Because, alhamdulillah, Hifs classes had commenced much earlier there. There were some ulama that had commenced Hifs classes there. So, Hufaz had to be brought down and that too with great difficulty. And now there isn't place for a person to find easily to be able to make Tarawi sometimes. In some places there are so many Hufaz that every masjid, every musalla and other small places of salah also are all occupied already. But it doesn't matter where a person is performing the salah, whether it is in his own home now that he's making taraweeh, he came, made his isha salah, now he's going to make taraweeh at home, no problem. There's just one, two people behind him, he's an imam. And being the imam, that comes with great responsibility. In the hadith sharif, Nabi Salaam says, Al-imamu dhaminun. The imam, the imam is responsible. Responsible for what? He is responsible for the salah of all those who are behind him. What quality of salah he will perform, that will become the quality of the salah of everybody. How correctly he will perform the salah, that is what will be the level of the salah of everyone. But now if he was careless, if he was neglectful, that it will mean that everybody's salah reward got diminished to that extent. But they won't be responsible, all come to him. So now this is a very, very great responsibility. If he does it right, he gets the reward of everybody also. So such a great reward also. He does it correctly, then he is one person, but he gets the reward of all those who did, read the salah behind him. And if he was neglectful, careless, one is a sheer mistake, mistake anybody can make. But due to neglect, due to carelessness, due to not being concerned of how he's performing the salah, taking care to perform it in the sunnah manner, then he will be responsible for everybody's salah. Now this care in the salah starts off long before the salah. Now many a times, a person is appointed as an imam to perform salah, perform tarawih salah. Now he's never performed salah sometimes his whole life yet. The first time he's going to be performing salah. Or somebody maybe has performed taraweeh before, but that's the only time he performs salah, when he's now appointed to now perform the taraweeh salah. As a result, because the whole year this is not our responsibility, we are sometimes unfamiliar with some specific masail pertaining to imamat. And sometimes we are not so conscious about making sure that that salah is performed very well. So first on this aspect of the salah itself, Sometimes that notion comes in the mind that the first salah is salah. Tarawih salah is like perhaps half a salah. It's a longer salah, but half a salah in the sense that maybe you can cut some corners here. The first salah where you have to be very careful, the ruku, sajda, qawma, jalsa, and the recitation, and everything must be right. Tarawih can be hit and run a little bit, it's alright. Tarawi Salah is just as much a Salah as any other Salah. Tarawi Salah is also Salah. And every Salah has to be performed in the best manner. 
every salah and every ibadat is something that we have to present to Allah Ta'ala. Now how are we going to present it? If somebody comes to give us a present, but how he gives a present, he stands at a distance and throws it. Yeah, take this. We'll feel very nice about it perhaps. Maybe he brought it with a wrapping all torn, tattered. He says, what's inside is a, what you need actually, or what I want to give you. The wrapping is all t- dirty, torn, tattered. What difference it makes? We'll feel very offended. We might not accept it to you. Keep it. I don't need it. If this is how you want to give it, you'd rather keep it. We are to present the salah, and that too in the month of Ramadan. That special time when we want to get close to Allah Ta'ala. We have to present the salah. And the thing that we do most in the Tarawih Salah is the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif. And if that is done haphazardly, then we've ruined it. Obviously everything has to be done correctly. Many a times, there is a kind of, uh, some kind of competition. Somebody is trying to break a record somewhere, that in what quick time he managed to complete the Salah. And if somebody took 9 minutes and somebody took 11 minutes, that will be a point of discussion thereafter. That you took 11 minutes, I finished off in 9 minutes. But in discussing that whether it was 9 minutes or 11 minutes, we spent 22 minutes discussing it outside. So this is how shaitan deceives us. Yes, on the one hand, a person has to be conscious of the muqtadis. The hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says, giving instruction to the imam that perform salah in a manner that you consider the weak people in the muqtadis. In other words, you perform it according to the sunnah, but then don't make it difficult on anybody. By now reciting something that is so lengthy that that person, for example, can't manage. Or in the first salah, the first salah is every day, obviously, five times a day. So now a person is making very lengthy qirat. Nabi Islam got very upset once. One sahabi made a very lengthy qirat. Somebody couldn't manage. And he went away. Somebody passed a comment against him. So he went to Rasulullah. Some people are passing comments against me. That I'm a munafiq. But this is what my problem was. I couldn't manage it. Nabi Islam got upset at the person who made the long, long salah. Meaning well, way belong beyond anything that was reasonable at that time. So in any case, these are lessons that Nabi Islam gave us. When we are going to make imamat. That we consider the muqtadis also. And in considering the muqtadis. It is not that a person now compromises on the sunnah. That is not considering, that is now destroying the salah. You have to consider the muqtadis by, for example, now a person in his ruku, his sajda. So he must recite his tasbihat, recite it three times. But three times how? Three times properly. In a way that the muqtadis also can recite it three times properly. Now sometimes person has been appointed to be leading the Tarawih Salah. He says sometimes he's reciting it five times. The muqtadis say we can't even make it one and a half in that time. So he must recite it three times. But three times properly. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. He's glorifying Allah Ta'ala. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Properly. In his ruku, his sajda, his tasbihat. Reciting it properly three times each. In a manner that now the muqtadis also can recite three times. But now somebody says, well, I'm now in month of Ramadan and I'm in sajda now. So now he wants to recite it 11 times, somebody 15 times. So that's not the time now in the, when a person is imam. Somehow that josh only comes for us when we are imam. And in our sunnah salah, in our nafil salah, then it is one and a half times. So that three times properly, and we keep it to three, but properly, in a good manner, properly reciting the tasbihat. Then likewise, the postures of salah. All the postures of salah being performed properly and with ease. Now many a times there's an elderly person behind, sometimes people complain, he says, by the time we manage to get into sajda, this person already up. By the time we manage to start waking up from the one sajda, this person has gone to the second sajda already. Now, one is somebody is so ill that he's taking very long. This is obviously now something that's not being mentioned or being discussed here now. But the reasonable, 
somebody on a reasonable note, he's not as fast as somebody else, but he's slightly behind. He should be able to make it. If a person is making that tasbih three times properly, that person will make it also. But he says, I can't make it. So this is now that haphazard manner of salah. In the Hadith Sharif, it comes when a person performs salah haphazardly, that salah rises in the form of an ugly rag. And then it barely is above his head, and then it's flung back at him. And that salah curses him. May Allah destroy you as you have destroyed me. There is no qualification in this Hadith Sharif that this pertains to Isha Salah, or it pertains to Fajr Salah, or it pertains to the Sunnah Salah, or it pertains to a Nafil Salah. It is Salah. Any Salah. So Tarawi Salah is also a Salah. It's not to be performed with care. Yes, a person now will not make it difficult for the Muqtadis by reciting now all his Qirat, he wants to now uh, express that on the Musalla. No, he will decide fluently, but not in haste that the Tajweed is all lost. The Huruf, the Makharij are all compromised, and sometimes you can't hear what the person is reciting. That is not, that is now compromising this Azmat of the Quran Sharif, what we discussed right at the beginning, to bring to heart and mind, to bring that consciousness, what am I going to recite now? I'm reciting the Kalam of Allah Ta'ala. So imagine somebody has authored a book. Now the author comes, he gives you the book, he says, read it to me. I want to hear you read my book. Now the person starts reading in such a way that the author can't even hear what he's reading. So he says, you rather give it back to me. No point in giving you to read it. I wrote it in English. It's sounding like you reading in another language. So here Allah Ta'ala gave us this Arabic Quran Sharif. One person went once to one country somewhere. Now there was a very elderly person. He was giving the Jummah Khutbah. It was in some very rural area. Very elderly person. Now a place where there was probably jahalat from years. No deen. Now this person, very elderly, he was probably the only person somewhere learned something. So he was giving the Jummah Khutbah. And now this person happened to come in because he was traveling, he was in a foreign country, they managed to just get there in time as the khutbah just started. So now he heard the whole khutbah, the first khutbah, the second khutbah, and now he's thinking, but why is this person not reciting, why is he not reciting the khutbah in Arabic? There's some, whatever language of the place is here, he's reciting the khutbah probably in this local language. Then when the namaz started, he's saying, but now this person is reciting the Quran Sharif in namaz also in the foreign language can't be making the tarjuma. Then he realized, no, this person was reading Arabic. But that whole Arabic throughout that khutbah and even the namaz was sounding like a foreign language. Now, what a distortion of the Quran Sharif. So that is something won't earn the blessings and the rewards of Allah Ta'ala. That is something Allah forbid will bring azab. So this is the aspect that, that salah has to be performed in a proper manner. It's tarawi, but it is salah. And without haste, in the manner that we fulfill everything that is, uh, in the proper manner, in the sunnah manner. One very important aspect is, mashallah, when the month of Ramadan approaches, the Hufaz naturally become a little bit more concerned now, I must start preparing, and we do start preparing, we start preparing by making our door, if somebody had been out of touch with the Quran Sharif, unfortunately, then now he becomes concerned, which should not be the case, we should be with the Quran Sharif throughout the year, but he starts preparing. So this preparation also is necessary, must happen, and we should give due importance to it, but just as this is a preparation, likewise there is another preparation which is more important, there is a very important preparation, but that is even greater. And that is the preparation to prepare our hearts for the month of Ramadan and to prepare our hearts to be able to correctly lead the Salah. One is the correctly lead the Salah in terms of the external part of the Salah. We perform the postures correctly, recite it correctly. The internal part of the Salah, the khushu and khudu, that, that Salah which connects us to Allah Ta'ala. For that we need to start making sincere tawbah, istighfar, turning to Allah wa ta'ala, begging His forgiveness, shedding tears of repentance and remorse. That, Ya Allah, this eyes you gave me to look at the Qur'an Sharif, 
You blessed me with the Quran Sharif. You allowed me to look so much in the Quran Sharif. And now I've soiled this eyes in looking at what not. So now to wash this eyes, water will wash the external sides. But the tears of remorse and regret, insincere toba will wash the sins of the eyes. To shed tears of regret that, Ya Allah, this ears you gave me, the thing I should be listening to was the Quran Sharif. But what I stuck in my ear to listen to, that which Nabi Islam thrust his fingers in his ears to keep the sound out. Once Nabi Islam was going somewhere and in the distance he heard somebody, some shepherd was playing on flute, maybe to take his flock of sheep along with something, he was playing on flute, on musical instrument. Nabi Islam immediately put his fingers into his ears to block the sound out. That which Nabi Islam blocked out, today unfortunately, the Ummah is putting that earphone deep down in the ear so you can hear it directly into the heart. Can we imagine now where to where? But Nabi Islam put his finger in the same ear in the manner that we putting something else. He put his fingers in the ear to block it out. We putting it something in the ear to hear it better now. What a world apart. So to make Toba of all this, shed tears of repentance and regret. Ya Allah, you granted me such a great ni'mad. And what have I done? So this is part of that preparation for Ramadan, this preparation for our Eid in dunya and our real Eid in akhirat. So this too is something we should be doing. Together with that, one is the preparation of the heart. Then together with that is the preparation of our external selves as well. Not only for Ramadan, forever. But more so if we are going to be perform salah, then the appearance of a hafiz is something that is the appearance of every Muslim, but obviously more so of a hafiz. The appearance that Rasulullah has emphasized once some people came to Nabi Wasallam as emissaries. They came as a deputation came from a foreign land, from the Caesar. So they came completely clean-shaven. Nabi Salaam saw them and turned his face away. He didn't want to look at them. Then he asked, who asked you all to do this? So now they used to refer to their, their king, Rabb. He said, our Rabb. Nabi Salaam, my Rabb ordered me to lengthen my beard and shorten my moustache. Nabi Salaam didn't want to look at them. So now we are going to be tasked with leading the Salah. We want Allah Ta'ala to look at us with that acceptance. So now we need to make Tawbah from this. If we made this mistake, mistake anybody can make, but it's not the end of the road. Sincere Tawbah, Istighfar, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala is most merciful. Person makes Tawbah in one moment, that Tawbah is already accepted. Person sitting here now makes Tawbah, that is already accepted. And he is already the VIP of Allah Ta'ala. So, nevertheless, this is one aspect to now bear in mind. The other is our garments, in the Hadith Sharif, there's great emphasis on that males should not allow their garments to flow beneath their ankles. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that ما أسفل من الكعبين من الإزاري ففي النار أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Any part of the garment that flows beneath the ankle, this will be in the fire of Jahannam. Meaning that part of the body. So, this is for all times and anywhere, but especially now if we are going to be leading the Salah and this is still the case, this now makes it so much worse. So we need to be very conscious. Among many other things, these are just some aspects that we are just touching on, that we need to be very conscious about this. The person who is leading the Salah, mashallah, as we said, this is a very great honor. It's a distinction. We should use this distinction to become an inspiration to others. Now somebody is, mashallah, hafiz of the Quran Sharif, Perhaps he's still in school maybe, so he has a circle of friends. He might be in university, he might be working, whatever. So he has a circle of friends. Now, whatever happened, happened, but now the month of Ramadan came, he became conscious. So now he should conduct himself in Ramadan in such a way that that Ramadan becomes a turning point for him, for his circle of friends also. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens... That the friends also get this message that no, if you're a hafiz, only when you're on the musallah you must be a hafiz. The rest of the time you do what we do. Sometimes a person performs his four rakats 
two rakats, four rakats, sometimes six rakats, whatever. Somebody, Allah forbid, they don't even perform the full taraweeh also. Then, you're gone. So this is far away from even what a Muslim should be doing. The Quran Sharif is a very, very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. The appreciation of this na'mat is this is what we said earlier about conveying the message of the Qur'an Sharif with our amal, with our action, how we conduct ourselves. And a lot of that is in Ramadan itself will become a very great inspiration. And indeed if we just make mujahada this one month properly, we just curtail everything else, we shut off all that social media, we cut off all those contacts and all that chatting and whatever else, and we just confine ourselves to what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. We'll see what doorways it opens for us. We want to, we won't be able to wait to throw all these things away forever. This is one, something Allah Ta'ala has given us for this purpose. That we take advantage of this month to become truly His obedient servants. His chosen servants. So, these are some things that we need to bear in mind in terms of the appearance and dressing etc. Then another very important aspect here. MashaAllah people out of their muhabbat. The month of Ramadan somebody performed Taraweeh. So now they want to express their appreciation also. So they express their appreciation sometimes in the form of giving some gifts. One is they'll say it verbally. But to accept gifts on such an occasion, this is not permissible. Many places, this is a kind of condition people make. I'll perform Taraweeh if this is the remuneration for the Taraweeh. This is completely impermissible. This is selling the Quran Sharif. And because this is a norm in many places, then even if somebody says, look, this is not my intention. My intention is just a gift. Al-Ma'roof kal-Mashroot. What is customary? that becomes like a condition. So in a good way, in a very polite manner, up front, from the beginning of Ramadan, person should make it known to the people responsible, look, I won't accept any gifts at the end of Ramadan. I am here for Taraweeh. I have come to perform the Salah. I have come to recite the Quran Sharif for Allah Ta'ala. And my reward is with Allah Ta'ala. I won't be accepting any gifts on this occasion from anybody. Otherwise, we might get that gift, but all our sawab and reward that is gone. That has now been just thrown away. So therefore, we should be conscious of this, that we preserve that reward. The effort we made, we learned so hard, and then we made the effort of performing the Taraweeh Salah, we preserve that reward for the Akhirat. We don't lose it, and the barakat of that comes in dunya as well. But, together with all the conditions that we mentioned earlier than that. Among the very important things what we touched on very briefly right at the beginning is that many a times the first time somebody is performing Salah is when he's performing Taraweeh or somebody once a year only comes on the Musalla. So we are not very familiar sometimes with the Masail of Imamad. We should be familiarizing ourselves with this. We started off saying something earlier which we didn't finish that point that the care for that Salah for the Imamad commences long before the Salah. It commences right from the taharat, from the ghusl. In the manner that the ghusl will be done, done in the sunnah manner. And then that wudu is done correctly in the sunnah manner. All this will enhance the salah as well. So that importance of that salah starts right from the taharat. Biftahu salati tuhur. So we got to be careful about how we are performing our Taharat, getting our ghusl done, our wudu. We should brush up those masail. What are the faraiz of wudu? What are the sunnats and mustahabbat of wudu? Likewise, all the other aspects of taharat. Then in salah itself, there are many, many masail. Some things happen more often only in taraweeh, which sometimes necessitate a sajda sahu. Now, these are detailed masail. There isn't time to go into these details here. But now, when is a person required to make sajda sahu? Okay, we won't have the perhaps be able to grasp all these things now, but at least the basic aspects, that what kind of mistake will necessitate a sajda sahu. For example, now a person, he was supposed to have, uh, uh, after the first rakat, now he's supposed to stand up for the second rakat. Instead of standing up for the second rakat, he sat down by mistake. 
Now, he made such a lengthy first rakat, he thought he read two rakats. So now he sat down by mistake. Just on that point, this is also something to bear in mind, that the recitation of the portion that a person has to recite, now he's got four rakats to recite, for example, to perform. He should even out those four rakats. Many a time somebody wants to recite maybe 85% of that, whatever portion has to recite in the first rakat, another 12% in the second rakat, and the last two rakats, the one one percent. But now in that first rakat became so lengthy, many people now are not able to stand for such a lengthy period. One is they know up front, this is a place where now they are performing three, rak- three paras a night. The person knows he's able to do it, he will go and join that salah. Here now, the person knows he's going to make one and quarter para, one para. And the rakats are of a certain duration. Now that rakat took three and a half minutes, four minutes. It ties the person out, he can't manage them. We try and even it out. Little bit more in first rakat, little bit more in the second rakat, not a problem. But as far as possible, we try and even it out. So in any case, we're talking about the Masail of Salah. When the Tazda is now he sat down. Then people gave him Lukma, he stood up. Now he doesn't realize that this requires Tazda is It's obviously going to now cause a problem. It's going to now destroy that Salah. So now these are simple Masail, we need to familiarize ourselves. Sometimes there are other kind of mistakes, various other Masail. We should now, there's many Masail that are recorded here in this booklet. If we read this up also, it will cover many aspects. And some of the common mistakes, that those are also discussed here. We should try and read this up, inshallah, in this way. We'll be familiar with it. Sometimes these things don't occur anywhere. And sometimes it might just happen, and we would have read it properly, we would have understood it, it'll help us at that moment. So these are the Masail also we should try and get acquainted with, so that we don't have a problem when we need to know them. Inshallah, we will terminate on this point for a few minutes. If anybody has any question they wish to ask in regard to whatever we have been discussing, deal with those few questions and then we will make dua, inshallah. Those who don't have it, Allah always available right now. Madrasa bookshop is closed till after Ramadan. <laughs> and uh, perhaps Allah Allah many bookshops in town or somewhere might have it, I'm not sure. Gee, those who have copies here, uh, I saw some copies being distributed. Those who don't have can, uh, after having what you call read through it, we can lend it to those who don't have it, inshallah. So that everybody can then familiarize themselves with those Messiah, especially that are here. No. One is if somebody incurred some cost to travel and come there, for example, so you paid his travel cost, that's a different thing. But for the Salah itself, no remuneration. No. No. Not for the sake of just performing Taraweeh. Fuqah stated such a person should not leave the Salah. Then in such a state, if there's nobody of that, nobody has a beard, then somebody who no Hafiz of that appearance, then even a non-Hafiz who has a full beard should decide Alam Tarayan. If, if it has grown to a point that now it fulfills the requirement, then fine. Otherwise, the Fuqah stated, till it has not yet grown, Mashallah, his Tawbah is accepted. Allah Ta'ala will forgive him for whatever the past is. But Imamat, he should already have grown it. So these are two separate issues. Alhamdulillah, the Tawbah he made, that's between him and Allah Ta'ala. Obviously, it won't grow in one night. But Imamat is a different matter. They should be explained, the Masla, that this end shown the references, then the responsibilities on the
ji obviously the quran sharif in the one hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says ta'ahadu alquran they take very good care of the quran sharif meaning keep reciting it thoroughly and repeatedly so that it stays fresh otherwise the quran sharif flees from the heart and in one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi gives example like a camel that got loose from its moorings it flees very quickly the quran sharif flees also so the month of ramadan is an opportunity so this opportunity must be grabbed with both hands because whatever will be done throughout the year what is done in ramadan will be far more effective but provided that this opportunity was grabbed with both hands now that is that a person now learns that entire portion that is recited that night in tarawih properly supposing if whatever has happened due to whatever reason somebody has now fallen back a bit then fine if he is not capable of doing that for example he is to spend all his time learning one quarter para for example then fine he learned quarter para but then now for the next year he must keep that quarter para so fresh that next year he must be able to make minimum now eight rakats and be able to read that eight rakats thoroughly it might take him five years but now he's got a program in place it's not that now well, this year i read this four next year i'll read the next four maybe and sometimes every year the person already pre books his four the same first four is pre booking the last four he says well, that's reserved for me till as long as i'm alive and the rest of it the rest of it is everybody is flying solo that hafizab is there he's flying solo if he something happens don't expect it from the back you carry on your own so that obviously is going to be a serious problem so if something has now slacked for whatever reason is now is the time to now make toba from that and to now put the program in place that program should be at the very most a five year program that is a very most now that a five year program each year the person is performing four rakats doing a very solid job of their four rakats then now the next year he is taking that quarter para that is going to read the second four now for the whole year and doing the other the first four so to say in this way then he's got a program in place well and good No, if he's got people behind him that are standing, then he can't be sitting. No. Al-Qaim. Sit on the floor and sajda is according to sunnah. Yes, not on a chair. If it's due to invalidity, sitting on the floor is fine. But he's making sajda on the ground. Person who's making sajda, who's not making sajda, person who's indicating sajda can't follow him. Exactly. those who have two legs haircut so alhamdulillah there's not a problem like the beard won't grow one night two legs haircut can be made one length in one night <laughs> so inshallah they will be able to perform tarawih because before tarawih they will be making one length inshallah keep it and then we'll keep it like that also obviously in fact it can be so easy that you can make it no length aur kuch ji ji because that, that salah is wajib wajib iada it has to be repeated So now that what was recited was not counted so to say Allah taala accept one and all Allah taala make the recitation of or performance of tarawih easy for everyone who will be performing tarawih Allah taala grant each of us the tawfiq of forever reciting the Quran Sharif and keeping it fresh keeping it alive living the Quran Sharif and conveying the message of the Quran Sharif as well Allah Ta'ala accept one and all, Allah Ta'ala bless each one who has come and make this gathering a means of our maghfirat, make it a means of our najat in dunya and akhirat. Allah Ta'ala grant us His special mercy and favors. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi wa ta'ala. One announcement is after the dua, inshallah, we have made some arrangements for some meals downstairs. So all are...
very humbly requested to please first go down and have the meals and then leave inshallah اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعادك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين والحمد لله